HMP. Good afternoon, everybody. I, I say good afternoon because that's a polite way to greet people. Uh, it actually is not a good afternoon. It is June 24th of 2022, and um, today uh, history was made, history that moves um, all of us in the wrong direction by the United States Supreme Court. It seems like yesterday the court felt uh, compelled Apparently, the majority felt that um, <clears throat> because they had uh, recognized in a case called Heller about a decade ago this uh, Second Amendment right to uh, bear arms, and they felt like rights are really important. They should not be regulated in a manner such as New York wanted to by uh, requiring people to give a reason why they wanted to carry a concealed weapon. Well, I guess it depends on the right. Because today, the Supreme Court said uh, the constitutional right to have control over your own body as a female um, is not only regular, regulatable, um, it is um, actually up to a state to deny that right. It is a, an important and chilling development in the history of this country. Um, I, like many people, uh, I'm reeling from this opinion uh, but fortunately, uh, I have uh, a couple people in the studio now to help me uh, sort through things. Uh, first is, uh, once again, return of um, a scholar and someone who can really help us make sense of out of uh, these dreadful opinions that seem to be raining on our heads. Professor from Smith College, uh, Carrie Baker, a professor of uh, the study of women and gender at Smith. She's a member of the board of Planned Parenthood's um, Advocacy Fund for Massachusetts, and also attorney Andrea Pincus is joining us, um, and we'll meet Andrea in a moment. But first, I want to throw it to you, Carrie. I've been I've spent the last twenty minutes trying to think of the right um, first question or comment, but um, I'll just leave it to you because um, I, words fail me. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me here, Buzz. So. Today is a historic day in the sense that for the first time in the history of the country and of the history of the United States, the Supreme Court has taken away a constitutional right. I would also describe this day as a day when women in the United States and people who can become pregnant have become second-class citizens. We have become subordinate to what the, what the court describes over 23 times in this opinion as unborn human persons. We have to serve the interests of those unborn human persons for the duration of a pregnancy with no rights to be able to control what happens inside of our body or to our body, even if carrying that pregnancy can injure our health and otherwise um, harm us. The opinion is strikingly similar to the Alito opinion that was leaked back in May. If you remember, Buzz, we talked, and I, I had some hope that the opinion might be moderated. I think I described myself as ever the Pollyanna. Yeah. That perhaps uh, it would be moderated. It's... It really isn't. Now, I haven't read all 213 pages, but I have looked, you know, skimmed through it, and the format is still very similar. Uh, Alito is the author of the opinion. There are four, um, four that have joined the opinion. 
um, the three Trump appointees, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Barrett, as well as Clarence Thomas. Um, disappointingly, Chief Justice Roberts has concurred. And then there's a dissent written by the three um, Sotomayor, Breyer. The three human Kate, beings on the court. The three human beings on the court. Mm. Yes, yes. And so um, the opinion basically argues, as the leaked draft did, that only the only constitutional rights that can be um, acknowledged or recognized are rights that are explicitly mentioned in the Constitution or rights that have been established um, or have a deep history and tradition in this country. And something that's quite shocking is 29 pages of the majority opinion is a list of 19th century criminal abortion laws. And they're using that to justify criminalizing abortion Tradition. today. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's kind of amazing that they would do that. It's like, oh, look, they did it back there in 1850, so we should do it again. Well, right? you know, I, I, just before we went on the air, I was saying to you, that's so ironic because yesterday when they said uh, a state may not yeah. regulate concealed weapons, mm -hmm. I remember it in, it, I was, when I was in law school, I read an article, a, a law review article that claimed at the beginning of the real observance of the rule of law in this country mm -hmm. was when cities, western cities, started banning firearms. You, had a, you couldn't come into the town unless you gave it to the sheriff in some cases or the marshal in some cases, but you're not allowed to wear a firearm. Yeah. In, so if we want to go by tradition, yeah. uh, a banning of a concealed weapon is traditional. They pick and choose what they want. They do. I mean, it's it's such a clearly political institution without any regard for the rule of law. I know, um, you know, the whole stare decisis discussion, which is the idea of precedent that the court should follow previous precedents. You know, that's half the opinion. And it's quite appalling. It makes it very clear that the court's if they're if they don't like a precedent, they're going to turn it over and they don't really care, um, you know, and that it has to do with the rule of law. I mean, we've seen with like the January 6th um, insurrection and these hearings over the last several days about what Donald Trump and his compatriots did to try to um, stage a coup in this country that, um, you know, uh, people will disregard the law. And, um, and I just uh, think that this court is doing the same thing. This court is disregarding a long history of precedent in this country and doing what they want to do, doing what their religion tells them, that, you know, the five Catholics or six Catholics in the majority, what their religion, what the Pope is telling really them to do. It feels like, a, you, know, you know, the Islamic Republic of fill-in-the-blank. Absolutely. It feels like the Christian Republic of fill-in-the-blank. It is. It's Christian nationalism, and and it's also a sign of the erosion of our democracy. And, you know, it's ironic that Alito in there says, oh, this should just be voted by the people. You know, this should go back to the states so that the people's representatives could sh should determine whether there's abortion rights. Well, this is the same court that has gutted the Voting Rights Act. Exactly. That is upholding gerrymandering. Exactly. They don't want democracy. They don't want the people to make the decision. They want particular people people to make the decision, people that agree with them, and people that will, you know, quite frankly, I think, institute a Christian um, theocracy. Starting to feel that way. I want to welcome um, here Andrea Pincus, an attorney. Uh, thank you. It's nice to have women on the mics today because as passionate as I am about this, it's not my body. It's, it's, uh, and as much as it affects men, 
it's not my body that's imperiled by this decision. So what are your thoughts today? Well, thank you for having me. And, and while I appreciate what you've just said, it still is incumbent on every single one of us, male, female, however we might here, here. understand ourselves, whatever gender and identity that we have, to stand together um, as not just as allies to one another, but as a voting block that has to take action and change over who it is that is in government that can make decisions on both the state and a federal level. And Carrie, a couple things you said resonated with me. One is this idea of a theocracy. I think we're in a fundamentalist Christian theocracy. Yeah. And I say that because this is not a religious freedom uh, decision. Mm -hmm. This is a decision that goes against, for example, I'm Jewish. Jewish religion has a very different perspective, different tradition on abortion. It is a right, and it is a necessity. It's an absolute necessity when the health and well-being of the mother is in danger. There are, um, there's interesting, at least one case so far having been brought in Florida yeah. by a synagogue, Le Dorvador, in Boynton Beach, in Palm, um, Palm Beach County, arguing this very idea that in Florida, the abortion laws that have been changed with their current governor from uh, six abortion up to 24 weeks is now only at 15 weeks and finding that that decision really goes against Jewish tradition, Jewish ethics, and impairs the Jewish ability to, to be free and enjoy our religious liberties here. Um, and it's a decision, you know, new, pending, in tandem with Planned Parenthood and others who are challenging the, the decision. I also think, you know, I'm listening to the, the discussion about how this is a state's rights issue. Well, so were gun laws in New York City, which is where I'm from. Yeah. I grew up in a city that had its fair share of crime, and we see it on the rise. Okay. I think still generally it's a safe and good city. Please come visit us. But, um, but the gun laws that prohibited people from carrying guns unless you fit a very strict criteria that went directly to public safety, the public and well-being. It wasn't about arbitrarily denying people the right to bear arms. You could have your gun and you could carry it around unloaded, bullet separate, go to a range. And didn't impair someone's ability to have a gun. But, you know, when it's states' rights that involve gun ownership, suddenly they're preempted. And when it's states' rights mm -hmm. that um, involve abortion law, they are the most important thing that we could look it, to. It's so ironic, too, because in, 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 this is not nothing new that probably every listener has heard every word that I'm about to utter. But um, when you look at the First Amendment and the you know religion, press, assembly, and uh, free expression, um, and both parts of the free, free exercise and the Establishment Clause in the First Amendment, it just says... Congress shall not, but still we find you can regulate. You, you, you can tell somebody they can't use their megaphone at 3 in the morning in a residential thing. You can regulate speech. We can regulate assembly. You have to get a permit. The Second Amendment begins with a well-regulated militia. Yeah. That's verbatim. It, it, it was designed with regulation in mind, yeah. and yet... We have unregulated militias and overregulated uterus. I mean, I think that's Ooh. where we've gone. Guns have more rights than women. They do. Yeah. They do. Right. You know, I, I think... I was all, saying to Carrie, yeah. uh, now I can shoot a woman anywhere I want, except in her uterus, because that's the only thing we really care about. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they would save whatever was in the uterus at whatever <laughs> stage it was in that uterus, viable or not viable, at the expense of the woman. Viable or not viable. Yeah. Um, you know, I think also a really scary trajectory that we're on is that it's not stopping here. It's not stopping here. Mm -hmm. not you know, you have senators now saying, oh, I can't believe that the Supreme Court justices didn't tell us the truth when they said they would honor Roe v. Wade and that they would abide by precedent. The injustices, is, right. Yeah, yeah. The, the, you know, the, yeah this should be, this is Susan Collins. Yes, yeah, Susan. Susan, this is your decision. It's Collins. And, you know, but Manchin, too. And he's on the, you know, 
supposedly still on the Democrat side. Um, and now he's upset about it. He thinks maybe there should be a federal law. Um, good luck unless we get rid of the filibuster. Yeah, vote for the filibuster to be lifted, right. Joe. You know, but but what's that trajectory? It goes from this is terrible enough, but contraceptive. I mean, you look at contraception, you look at gay well, marriage. Let me just in, in, interrupt you, Andrea, uh, and ask Carrie. You read the opinion. What what I heard that I haven't read it. Yeah, I read that Clarence Thomas was talking about contraception and in vitro and maybe some other things. What, what yeah, you on, if you go to one, page 119 of the digital file, you will read in the middle of the page, Clarence Thomas has said that he does not believe in Griswold versus Connecticut, a 1965 decision that guaranteed access to contraception. He doesn't agree with Lawrence versus Texas, which is the 2003 decision that struck down a sodomy ban in the state of Texas. Right, criminalizing homosexuality. Criminalizing anal and oral sex for gay people or straight people. And then the most recent decision of Obergefell versus Hodges, which is the decision involving same-sex marriage. marriage. Yeah. And he said he thinks all of those decisions were wrongly decided and should be reversed. Well, can I ask a question? I know that he is involved in an interracial marriage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And the case that said a state may not criminalize interracial marriage was Loving versus Virginia. He didn't mention he that. Does, he didn't mention that one. Fancy that. Well, I, I'm asking you to attorneys and scholars. Um, is Loving based on the same logic, legal logic, that Roe was based on in terms of privacy, in terms of equal protection, in terms of due process? So L- Loving and, by the way, Obergefell were based on equality rights, but also based on this idea of people's freedom to enter into intimate sexual relationships without the government interfering. And I think, you know, when uh, the Alito opinion, draft opinion first came down, I immediately thought of loving. I also, quite frankly, thought of Brown versus Board of Education. Um, All of these decisions are... Decisions interpreting liberty, interpreting equal protection. I mean, there's nothing in the Constitution that says you're allowed to marry somebody of a different race. If we're going to take Alito's approach, which is, is it literally there? Is it explicitly there? There is no right to marry somebody of a different race. There's no right to go to school with someone of a different race. I think they very easily could take it in that direction. And and just one thing I want to mention before we go is that Nations around the world are legalizing abortion right now. Nations like Mexico, Colombia, Argentina, Ireland, and here we are in the United States going backwards, right at the time when other states are going forwards. It's really appalling. This decision is embarrassing on the global stage, and I think we have to change it. We have to get Congress to um, change this. What a great place to break. We have to change it. We have to get Congress to change it. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us this historic and terrible day. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. She had her eye across the street and someone shy and tall. We lived our dreams and challenged she told me she was late and Sally let his pigeons up. 
Roe versus Wade has been overruled. We'll collect our thoughts and our experts and share our analysis on what a post-Roe legal world will look like. Monday at 9 o'clock. Bill Newman. Weekdays at 9. And again at 5. WHMP. News, information, and the arts. It was one of those big historic houses in Conway, built in the 1800s, a real beauty, though a bit of a challenge to insure. Steve bought it for about 700000 The insurance company figured the replacement cost to be about $5 million, a bit of a gap there. But there's a specialty insurance company we work with from time to time at Whalen Insurance, and soon enough, we were able to get the house insured. When a home buyer has a tough situation with insurance, like Steve did with the house in Conway, their real estate lawyer usually sends them to us, Whalen Insurance. We'd like to insure your house, too, even if it isn't as challenging. We'll get you every discount available, and more importantly, if you ever need help or have a claim, you won't be calling a 1-800 number and entering your policy on the dial pad because at Whalen Insurance, we answer the phone. Whalen Insurance. Local people, local service, local insurance. In partnership with Mafre Insurance. Call for a quote. 586-1000. Lundgren Honda. Experience it. Now, it isn't just one thing. It is everything you expect when you're looking for your next car, your first car, or to repair your car. Award-winning customer service. No hassle, negotiation-free pricing, and friendly, familiar faces you know and trust with your vehicle. Hi, Marty here from Lundgren Honda. I would like to invite you to stop in and test drive the all-new, redesigned 2023 Honda HRV, Designed to get you excited. A new 2.0 engine with bigger windows and easy-to-read displays. This HRV comes standard with all-wheel drive and delivers 27 miles per gallon. Looking for a pre-owned? Lundgren Honda has over 100 to choose from. Lundgren Honda, here today, here tomorrow. Don't worry, we're not going anywhere. Experience it. Consumer Satisfaction Award winners two years running. Lundgren Honda proudly provides you with an award-winning experience. See the latest selection of new and certified pre-owned cars at 409 Federal Street and LundgrenHondaOfGreenfield.com. Lundgren Honda of Greenfield. Experience it. Stop what you're doing. The financial markets are in ruins. You're in debt up to your... And you hate your job. And you keep hoping for a better way. There is. My one-man show, Yield of Dreams. I'll demystify your money myths, transform your life, and entertain you all at the same time. Curious? Join me, Charlie Epstein, June 23rd, 24th, or the 25th at Holyoke Community College for a financially entertaining evening. Get tickets at yieldofdreams.live. Free for all students and start living a life of wonderment, joy, laughter, and play. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. And we are back with uh, Professor Carrie Baker and Attorney Andrea Pincus, and we were just talking about the possibility that contraception is next on the uh, let's uh, move backwards uh, uh, blackboard of this uh, majority of the Supreme Court. So, uh, Carrie Baker, what do you know about contraception? What if you're in a state that's going to criminalize abortion? Yeah. It's going to ban, ban abortion. Um, and you have access to medications that could terminate a pregnancy. Yeah. So contraception is different than abortion pills. And I will say on the issue of contraception, it's very clear that the anti-abortion movement is gunning for certain forms of contraception, including IUDs and emergency contraception, which is the morning after pill. 
that you take within like five days of unprotected sex. They believe that those forms of contraception are abortifacients, that they could cause abortion, and they want to ban them. And there have already been laws proposed to this effect. Some on the side think all hormonal contraception can have abortifacient effects. And so I'm, I'm very worried about access to contraception. And I'm also very worried about access to infertility treatments, to in vitro fertilization, because often that entails the creation of embryos that either don't get implanted or if they're implanted, they can be removed. And so I think it's going to make it very hard for uh, business as usual in the context of fertility treatment. But as far as abortion pills, so I'll, I'll, I'll just say over half the country is is going to ban abortion. 13 states had trigger laws that are immediately went into effect. So many states, um, abortion is now illegal, illegal, and clinics have shut their doors. But also, um, in other states, it will happen in the next several weeks. Some, there's a 30-day delay. Some, the law is unclear. So we'll have to see exactly. But Guttmacher Institute estimates that 26 states are likely to ban abortion. That's about 33 million women of reproductive age which will who will no longer have access to reproductive health care in their states. They will, um, in theory, be able to drive. But what we know is that 75% of them are low-income, half live in poverty. They often don't have the resources to be able to travel. There are abortion funds around the um, country, including here in Massachusetts, that are prepared to help them. Some states have threatened to try to prevent women from traveling. Texas, what we called SB8. Yes. Is, what is it now called? It's uh, the heartbeat rule or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And today, this morning, uh, President Biden made a statement where he said that people's right to travel are protected by the federal government and people will be able to travel for abortion care. But that's if they can afford it. And so one thing that I well, can think... Can I just stop before you go? Oh, yeah. Don't forget that one thing. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't quite understand. How does that work in real life? A woman is planning to leave Texas and go to a state where she can obtain an abortion she gets arrested in Texas. How does the federal government intervene and say you may not prosecute? I don't get that. You know, I I, I don't know how they're going to do it. I mean, I'm sure they'll find lots of ways to do it. Well, but, I mean, what, she would have a constitutional right to travel. And so by them detaining her, uh, when, you know, let's say she says, I'm going to travel out of state, they go and detain her and prevent her. I mean, that is a – you have a constitutional right to travel among the 50 states. And so I think probably uh, it, the federal government would step in to represent her. The Department of Justice would step in to represent that person so that they have the right to travel outside I of the sure state. I sure hope so. I have a question yeah. along along Buzz's lines, but I want to change the scenario a little bit. If that person travels to, let's say, California, yeah. right, and leaves Texas, goes to California, has the procedure done, mm-hmm. comes back to Texas yeah. because that's where the person lives, mm-hmm. does the state of Texas then now say, we will charge you? So that is certainly my concern. I don't think the state of Texas can criminalize what happens in another state. I think mm. they only have jurisdiction over what happens in, in their state. state. But Andrea, you're a lawyer. Do you have an opinion? I, I, I don't think that they can legitimately do it. I think that they will try. I think yes. they will look for every opportunity to find different ways to enact their bounty hunter aspect of this le- of this law and to encourage people to uh, denounce and to arrest women who have either had abortions, who have communicated with someone about an abortion, who have had a driver take them to an abortion. I think they're going to try. But 
realistically, if a woman gets on a plane with a plane ticket, there's no crime committed. If a woman goes right. to New York and has an abortion, there's no crime committed there. Mm -hmm. And if she flies back, flying back home is not a crime either. Mm -hmm. I think there's another layer that's sort of interesting, um, and it goes to the to the poverty issue, right? But you, mm -hmm. you talk about if someone can go and there's ways they can go, what happens if they come back? But really, the overwhelming number of of, of people who will be most hurt by these laws are people who don't have the ability to leave. Mm. They don't have the money. Mm. Even if there are abortion funds or other funds, like there's a fund called the, the Bridget Fund, which is sort of fills in various other costs. They have children that need to get cared for. Mm. They need someone to accompany them. They need mm. a place to stay. So mm. it's not just they need the transportation back and forth and what mm. if there's any complications and what happens mm. with time off from their jobs. Mm. And then people who have insurance. People with insurance may be in a better place and mm. a number of insurance providers, uh, uh, businesses that provide insurance coverage are finding ways to expand the coverage for out-of-state travel related to medical care. Like Hobby Lobby, places. right? <laughs> yeah, um, let me just yeah. tell you something that's really chilling that I, that I, uh, I, I was having a cup of coffee and a woman that I know came up to me and she was checking it off and saying, isn't this a horrific day? And then she told me a story. When she got pregnant, her Fitbit, oh, yes. her fit, you know about this, Carrie? Well, I know about surveillance. <laughs> her Fitbit, uh, because your heartbeat changes, yes. it, notices, it, it re realizes that pregnancy is one of the explanations yeah. for what it's experienced. And it gives you a list of places you could go to to get uh, real, true health care yeah. um, as a pregnant person, pregnant woman. Um, and I'm thinking, oh, my God, they could really start finding out who's pregnant and who's not if they really want to get third Reiki about it. Which yeah, is I just wrote a piece about this for Ms. Magazine well, based on a group in New York, a data privacy group, talking about the different ways in which people can be surveilled and it can, you know... Uh, enthusiastic prosecutor could go to Google and um, get a data warrant to get records of who, who has visited certain sites or a geofencing warrant to find out who has traveled to an abortion clinic or not or using just purchasing data, right? I mean, whenever we're on our phone, when we carry it from place to place, when we search for things, all of that data is collected by companies who sell, who market and sell that yeah. data. And then they use machine learning to determine, okay, who among this group, you know, this is why when you look for something and then you get an ad a little bit later for that same thing, I mean, they are us. They know who we are, what we want, what our preferences are. And the concern is that's going to be used to go after people that are pregnant and seeking abortion care and that a uh, hostile prosecutor could go after somebody. And so we're working in the movement to try to teach people how to use virtual private networks, to, to search smart online, to find ways in which they will not leave a digital trail when they go online and search for an abortion clinic or go online to buy an abortion pills, which I want to talk about because I think this is a really significant issue as well. Uh, I want to talk about it too. I'm so, I feel so lucky to have um, both you and Andrea Pincus in the studio right now because it's an important day for us and uh, for us all. And uh, learning is the key right now because at the end of this, at the end of our conversation, I want to know what should we do? We'll talk about that, but first we're going to come back to Carrie Baker and talk about um, this, uh, the, the medical issue right after these messages. Stay with us. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg. 101.5 WHMP.
The Afternoon Buzz is brought to you by Lundgren, family run since 1964. Greenfield's largest automotive group is the place to buy your next Honda, Chrysler, Jeep, Dodge, or Ram. Experience it in Greenfield. For WHMP News, I'm Jess Tyler. Governors, lawmakers, and attorneys general in states with strict gun-permitting laws are strategizing over how to shore up their restrictions after yesterday's U.S. Supreme Court decision expanded gun rights in a New York case. They're also bracing themselves for a longer fight as gun rights groups prepare to challenge a range of other gun control laws. State Rep. Lindsay Sabadosa spoke with 22 News at the State House. This is really a question of devils in the details. We'll leave it to the attorneys, and if Massachusetts needs to make action to make sure that we're protecting our residents, we will certainly do so. The justices said that a New York state law in place since 1913 that restricted who could obtain a permit to carry a gun in public conflicts with the Second Amendment's right to bear arms. The latest weekly county-level update from the Centers for Disease Control puts 13 of Massachusetts' 14 counties in the low COVID risk level, which represents an improvement from previous weeks. Hampshire, Franklin, and Berkshire counties were all under medium risk last week and are now at low risk this week. Hamden County was in the high-risk category last week, according to the CDC, but that dropped to low risk under this week's assessment. And the 35th annual Green River Festival takes place this weekend at the Franklin County Fairgrounds in Greenfield. There will be four stages with over 40 bands, food, beer and wine, and all kinds of activities for the kids. There are still single-day and weekend pass tickets left, including the VIP option. On-site parking passes are sold out, but shuttle buses will run from downtown. Friday will feature a mix of sun and clouds with a slight chance of an isolated shower in the afternoon. Temperatures warming into the upper 70s to low 80s. Partly cloudy skies tonight with lows around 60. Then we warm up for the weekend, mostly sunny Saturday, sun and clouds Sunday with temperatures in the low 90s in the valley. I'm Nick Orozco on 101.5 WHMP. In the mood for takeout? Want to find yoga classes, music lessons, or art supplies nearby? Save 30% on full-value gift certificates to dozens of local businesses and services from Springfield to Brattleboro and everywhere in between. Whether it's a quick bite for lunch, something nice for a special occasion, or just an excuse for some good old retail therapy, save 30% on full-value gift certificates at the Shop 30 store at whmp.com. Come on over to the co-op, the Greenfield Cooperative Bank. Hi, I'm Jay Sealer, Vice President, Commercial Lending at the Greenfield Cooperative Bank and Northampton Co-op Bank Division. Our experienced local commercial lenders are here for you and your business. Hi, I'm Maura Guzik, Vice President and Commercial Loan Officer. Did you know GCB is a SBA preferred lender? And unlike other banks, each of our team members has individual lending authority for fast local decisions. And I'm Adam Baker, Vice President, Commercial Lending. We're here to help your business grow with commercial loans and lines of credit. You can reach any of our experienced commercial loan officers by phone or at bestlocalbank.com. We'd be happy to meet with you at your business or at any of our Franklin and Hampshire County locations. Come on over to the co-op. Greenfield Cooperative Bank is an equal housing lender, member FDIC, member DIF. You can count on your friends at the co-op. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. And we are back here in the studio with Professor uh, Carrie Baker and with Attorney Andrea Pincus. And I was just asking um, uh, you, Carrie, about how will people post Dobbs? Um, 
get abortions. Yeah. Well, we know from around the country, when abortion is made illegal, women continue to have abortions. It doesn't stop abortion. If people want an abortion, they'll get one. But the thing that I argue is that post-row is not going to look like pre-row. Pre-row, emergency rooms were packed with bleeding and septic women, women who, you know, had illegal abortions at a time when it was quite dangerous. But today, there's two big differences, the internet and the abortion pill. We have pills now that can cause an abortion. Um, mifepristone, it blocks progesterone, which is what maintains a pregnancy. So when you take mifepristone, the pregnancy begins to shed from the uterus. Then you take a second pill called misoprostol, which causes contractions. Misoprostol, you can actually use alone. It's widely available. It's an ulcer drug. And actually for dogs, it's a arthritis drug. And you can, every pharmacy has misoprostol. And in countries like Mexico, before they legalized abortion, there was misoprostols available over the counter. Women just used that. And now we're learning here in the United States from women around the world that have been using these pills in countries where abortion is illegal. And there's a whole network of organizations to support this that have developed in anticipation of this decision. There's one, for instance, called Plan C. And the website's plancpills.org. And they have a guide to finding abortion pills. So you can search by your state and find out exactly what the options are in your state. They've vetted a number of online pharmacies based in other countries um, that have quality product. And, you know, they, they say what the prices are, how long it takes to get the pills. I just ordered them recently, actually. I have a package sitting on my table, my desk at home. There's also a European-based doctor, Rebecca Gompertz, who has an organization called Aid Access, and that's aidaccess.org. And she's been providing tens of thousands of abortion pills to people in the United States over the last four years. You just go on to her website, you fill out a form, she determines if you are eligible. And if you are, then she charges $109 sliding scale. So if you can't afford it, you can get it for free. And then she'll mail you the pills. I interviewed her for a story on Ms. So I, she's a wonderful person. And like I say, she's sent over 30,000 abortion pills to people in all 50 states over the last four years. And she's, she serves all 50 states. And she's a doctor. So she's, you know, she will screen you and make sure it's okay. So that's really what I encourage people to do if they need these pills. She'll also prescribe them in advance. So if you want to have them in your medicine cabinet, just in case, I really encourage folks to do that. Tell us how to contact her one more time. Aidaccess.org. Uh, Attorney uh, Andrea Pincus, you were talking about the, the religiosity involved in this, and, and how threatened do you feel as a Jewish woman um, by uh, this direction that the court appears to be going in? Very. I think that any time you negate the validity of, of a people and of an identity and of a religion, it's, it's a very scary and dangerous thing. Jews have been discriminated against from the beginning of time, it will go on till the end of time. But we like to think that, at least in America, we are safe. This is a country that welcomed us, and this is a country where we are safe and we are equal. But as women who are Jews, we are not equal anymore. As women, we're not equal, and as women who are Jews, no. And our, uh, our belief system and our value system, I mean, this is a lot about values, the value of the unborn, the value of the people who claim to be pro-life, but they are really only pro-whatever cells are growing in your, your pro-embryo, I guess. Um, but 
But for, for us, we're thinking, you know, if a, if a mother is unwell, um, if, a, if a mother's life is endangered, that's really um, a, a key issue for us as Jews because we, a mother could always have another child, right? But a child will not have another mother. And so the idea is that you really protect the family and you protect the community. Mm -hmm. And no matter what your religious beliefs are, the health and well-being of the community comes before others. Even if you are more observant than I am, I am not, and you observe the Sabbath. If there's a medical emergency, you break the Sabbath and you take care of the people who are ill and who are in need. This law and the way in which the decision has come down from the Supreme Court plays out is that it just completely negates and ignores a long-held tradition and faith that's older than the Constitution. Yeah. Right? You know, I was bar mitzvahed by a rabbi who, uh, when I asked him, in preparation for a mitzvah. So you have any questions, he asked me the day before. And I said, I do, I have an admission to make it. Every Friday night I go with my parents, close my eyes and I try to hear God. I'm not sure I believe in God. At which point he said to me, you don't have to believe in God to be a good Jew. You have to believe that you are no better than anyone else. Wow. And I've never forgotten that. I think it's driven me. I have a question for you, Dan. Torres. Yes, um, you have a question. Because yes. you're such a youngin. I don't know, not youngin anymore. Here you are in the 37. Before we went on the air, uh, Dan told me that he had he just read a law review article that I wrote. Yes, about the Halcyon sixties and seventies in the Supreme Court. Yeah, and the kinds of, I, one case after another. Oh, it was amazing. That was intended to help. Yeah. Humans. Yeah. Yep. Um, it, here you are now. You're you're immersed in Ooh. what you're immersed in now in your what late thirties. Yeah, it's uh, it's scary this moment because it. it Look, when you're reading history of the 60s, you hear about the discrimination, the violence, the oppression, women, African-Americans, Latinos, gay black men, gay queer black. You, you, you read all about that. But it felt like the zeitgeist of the era knew that that oppression was wrong, right? That the elites, despite being from a historical era of oppression, was willing to go, OK, this is wrong. How do we move forward as a society to move against this repression ever so slowly, the slowest movement possible? However, something has broken from the zeitgeist. And I feel like this zeitgeist doesn't feel like that zeitgeist anymore. And I don't know where, where the line is when the zeitgeist changed, but this era feels like anything is possible. It feels like it's the full spectrum of talking about women being second-class citizens. Where do we end that? Should we take away their rights to have bank accounts, jobs? I mean, I mean, I watched The Handmaid's Tale from the beginning, and they never, in that show, they never really showed, I think... Um, a good job of how that society was created. You sort of live in that society and they do flashbacks, but they don't, they don't show in a description how did they get there, but you do see good flashback. Women at work one day getting a notice, uh, I'm sorry, these people need to go. There's been an edict that's come down. Now, I'm not, that's going extreme, but again, we live in a zeitgeist era of it's all possible. I think that's really well it's put. It's crystal knocked. For women, mm. I think that that is sort of where we are. What you're talking about is, I think, what mm. it feels like is coming, mm -hmm. you know. And and instead of repairing the world, which is another you know concept that should be endemic to all people who live in the world, we are destroying it. And yeah, it doesn't matter how sophisticated. I, I always think that it's linear, and that as civilization progresses, yeah. I know we're going to get a step back now and then. But I always thought we were moving in the right direction, but. It's, my face is shaken. It's a parabola. Yeah, absolutely. I actually think the Dobbs decision is part one. Mm. Yeah. Part two is, you know, 
somebody's going to challenge Massachusetts law or New Hampshire law, I mean, excuse me, New York law or California law protecting abortion rights and say, say that law violates the constitutional rights of unborn human beings. And again, the opinion mentions that 23 times, unborn human beings. They're going to say Massachusetts Roe Act violates the constitutional rights of unborn human beings, and they're going to strike that down. And abortion could be illegal unborn in all 50 states. human beings. To me, the, uh, they can't fit in the same sentence. But yeah, and, and contraception and, and, along with it. I also love it when I've read in the past, and I have read in the past, um, about the probability that that fetus is going to become a human being. And I'm thinking, well, the probability is my wife is going to die, mm-hmm. but that doesn't make me a necrophiliac tonight. Right. We're going to be right back with Carrie Baker with Andrea Pincus, with Dan Torres, bemoaning the decision of the United States Supreme Court this morning in Dobbs versus Mississippi. Be right back. Stay with us. I think, you know. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. Do you know what's going on in business in Western Mass? You do if you read Business West. Find out which companies are growing, which companies are innovating. Learn about people on the move, people taking the lead. Every issue of Business West is packed with business news, including incorporations, building permits, real estate transactions, and bankruptcies. Pick up a copy or read Business West online. The vital business news is in Business West, the business journal of Western Mass. Do you ever wish you could be a kid again? Big Brothers Big Sisters lets you take a break from the adult world for a few hours a week. Anyone can be a mentor. You'll have support and guidance from professional caseworkers like me. My name is Jess and I'm a case manager, but I've also been a big sister with the program for almost four years. At first, I thought it would be hard to find the time, but spending time with my little quickly became one of the best parts of my week. When is the last time you went rollerblading or cooked s'mores over a campfire? Mentoring is fun, but it also makes a huge difference in a kid's life. Children who have good mentors do better in school, are more confident, and have better relationships with their peers. Nearly 200 kids in our area are currently waiting to be matched with a mentor, and most are boys hoping to find a big brother. Come in for an info session with me to learn more. Start something. Call 413-259-3345 and volunteer or donate to Big Brothers Big Sisters of Hampshire County today. Dear Massachusetts, marijuana is now legal for adult use. Keep your kids and pets safe by keeping all cannabis products in child-resistant packaging. Store your cannabis in a lockbox out of sight and out of reach from your children and teach them that cannabis and alcohol are for adults only and that prescription medications are only meant for the person they are prescribed for. Brought to you by the Northampton Prevention Coalition, working together to protect the developing brain. NorthamptonPrevents.org. Despite near-record-high gas prices and jammed airports, millions of Americans are expected to take a trip over the upcoming July 4th holiday. AAA has predicted that 47.9 million people will travel at least 50 miles from home over the holiday period. President Biden is asking Congress to suspend the federal gasoline tax for three months to provide help to consumers who are struggling to fill their tanks. The price at the pump peaked last week at 5.01 per gallon, but has since pulled back slightly and is now about seven cents a gallon lower. Inflation is alive and well on the used car lot. After more than a year of increasing prices for used cars and trucks, 
A new report from iccars.com shows the prices for these vehicles surged by another 16.9% year-over-year in May. Prices of electrics and hybrids rose the most. I'm Mark Huffman. Learn more at consumeraffairs.com. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMD. And we are back with Carrie Baker and uh, with Andrea uh, Pinkus. So, uh, Carrie, I wanted to ask you, because um, we we have about 10 minutes left in the program, and let's talk about the fall election. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's got to be front and center in our minds. Yeah, I think the fall elections are absolutely critical. And I think this decision is going to mobilize women at the ballot box to fight for more seats in the Senate. We have By got- the way, I think it was 52% of women voted in the last presidential election. Right, right. We need more. We, we need, need 80. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, right after the Alito opinion was leaked, they did a vote in the Senate on the Women's Health Protection Act, and the Republican filibuster blocked that act from a vote. And so, and Manchin and Cinema would not vote to overcome the filibuster. So we need another two Democrats. We need either 52, you know, Democrats who will vote to overcome the filibuster. And there are six races that we need to keep and or get, and they are in the states of Nevada, Arizona, New Hampshire, Ohio, Georgia, and Pennsylvania. If we can get 52 seats, then we can the filibuster pass the Women's Health Protection Act. We'll also have to maintain the, the House, and Biden will sign it. Today, in his statement, he called for passage of the Women's Health Protection Act. That would codify abortion rights in all 50 states. We really need to do this. We need to protect the rights of all people. And so I um, I would just really encourage listeners to work in those six states. I mean, certainly work here, and we're doing a lot in the state of Massachusetts to protect um, the governor. is great on this issue. Yeah, and the governor issued an executive order this morning. I don't know if you saw that, but he basically says doctors are protected here in the state of Massachusetts for providing care to people from out of state. He said he would not allow extradition of those doctors. He would protect the licenses of those doctors. So that's wonderful news. There's still and more. And Maura Healy was just here. And, uh, she was, I was there yesterday. Was there she too. was great. <laughs> she was totally great. Yeah, yeah. And so I, you know, we, we need to pass Amendment 388, which to the budget, which would um, uh, create some of these protections in law, not just by executive order and some extra ones as well. But, you know, we've got a lot of work ahead of us uh, across the board. How about you, Andrea? I, I think it's critical, and I think that as important and as energized as, as we should be, as important as this, this next round of voting is this year and in 2024, and as energized as we should be to make sure that we hold and capture more seats in the federal government, you can be sure that people who are, who are supporting the anti-choice decision and who are against uh, all the rights that we, we, we worry will be stripped away, they're emboldened and they are on a path and they are excited by this outcome and they are not going to stop. Many of them are single-issue voters, but now they're going to go from single-issue voters, the quote pro-life voters, to being the next single issues, whatever it's going to be. It's based on race. It's based on gender. It's based on homosexuality. It's based whatever they whatever they're anti about, right? So, so you have to vote. But in addition to voting, like Carrie said, there are states where there's elect there are elections that are just too close and they're too nervous making. If you live in a state like New York, or Massachusetts, or Connecticut, and you've got some time, go to Georgia and knock doors for Warnick. 
go do it. Go to Pennsylvania and make sure people know which poll to show up, which polling place to show up in on election day. I did that for the last general election. People need the help and the support. They'll welcome you from out of state. They'll train you. Um, and you can't, we can't, not just when we have, we have to win seats, we can't lose any seats. Yes. At least not in the Senate. In the House, we hope not also. Find those races and, and make yourself useful. Kids don't know what to do this summer. Put them to work and work on the campaigns. Absolutely. Good advice. Uh, no, I didn't have uh, anything to say, except I was going to add, you don't need to also travel. You can also write postcards yeah. to other voters or to swing voters or people who don't regularly vote and try to encourage them to vote that these elections matter, especially off season, especially when you have, you know, all of the talk and the news about inflation and the economy, you have to counter that narrative. And, and this sh issue should galvanize Democratic voters to come out. I mean, the amount of money I expect the party to raise to then you know, plow back into the coffers is going to be huge today. Mm -hmm. This is this is a rallying cry. Yeah. Andrea Pinkus, as so. an attorney, I know how I felt when I went to law school 40 whatever years ago, 45 years ago. And um, I was, I had such an elevated view of the Supreme Court of the United States mm -hmm. and such, uh, held it in such esteem. Th this is just, it hurts. It's painful. It's painful. It's truly painful because you... You look to the Supreme Court. This has to do with law. This is just ideology and religiosity, right? Politics. It's politics. It is. And it's a politics that lacks, utterly lacks compassion. It lacks a, a caring and understanding about what the human condition is in the very country in which the justices live. They don't care. Or they, they care, but they care about dismantling and destroying. And, and to have a couple of justices in particular on the court... Um, who are not the best and the brightest minds to have had politics play a role in finding the most anti-choice activist judges that could be found, putting them in front of a judiciary committee and coaching them to not tell the truth as a justice and then end up on the Supreme Court is really, um, it's gutting, right? Because that, that is where we looked for the ultimate um, protector of it's, rights. It's like this secular notion of what's sacred. And yeah. Carrie, I have to ask you, as a professor at Smith College, you have all these young women, and on the one hand, you're telling them what's aspirational. On the other hand, you have to wake them up and say, the real world sucks. I know, yeah. It must be so hard. I teach this class gender law and policy, and I've thought about what's it going to be like in the fall teaching this class, teaching this case. And uh, and it's not just happening here. It's happening in all these cases where where laws and rights we've counted on for generations are being dismantled. I mean, for instance, the right is going after transgender people, and they're going after access to medical treatment, access to um, you know, equal treatment. And it's devastating to my students it's it, you know the, the the you know to have to come to consciousness come to political consciousness at a time when there's such animosity towards them and who they are and who they want to be and you know i think about we came of age in the 70s right in the 80s and 80s and it was really different we didn't have that crushing animosity directed towards yes. us we had possibility we felt yeah. possibility and empowerment right yeah. Right, and I just worry what how it's going to... I was be. raised in Atlanta, Georgia, when Martin Luther King, you know, I, I was there in the 60s when wow. King was first discovered and then um, elevated to the status of, yeah. of civil rights leader, and I listened intently. My In 11th grade, we had our first four blacks coming. To, mm -hmm. We were integrated 
a dozen years after after oh. Brown. So you lived through all that. Yeah, I lived through all that, and I I remember it. And so I'm just heartsick. Um, my sick, it's son the word. has a 13 year old daughter, mm-hmm. a one and a half year old daughter, oh. and he's got another one due in November. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot to make me teary eyed, but on the ride in, yeah, I got teary eyed. I just kept thinking about those Girls. children. Yeah. And uh, what life is going to be like for them. And it's so unpredictable right now. We really need people to take the advice of Andrea and Carrie this fall. It's not just about this issue. It's about our future as democracy. It's about our planet. Yes. It's about our economy. And it's about our 51% or more of us are females, male or female. This is a blow to your freedom. Mm. Last word, Carrie Baker. I'll just say we... I think we have no moral obligation to to obey unjust laws by authoritarian governments. And so I just really want to encourage people to share information about abortion pills. They're safer than Tylenol, very effective, lots of orgs out there to support people taking them. And uh, I don't don't think we should obey with authoritarian uh, tyranny. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Everybody, have a great and thoughtful weekend. Um, this is something at 6 o'clock tonight, I think, in Pulaski Park, there's going to be a yes, rally. Yes, yes. In Amherst, there's going to be a rally. Check it out. At 5. 5 o'clock. Right now. Go over there if you're Get in Get over there Amherst right now, Amherst yeah. people. Thank you, Andrea, for joining us Thank today. you so much for having me join you. Okay. Fingers crossed for a better week next week. This is the Afternoon Buzz with Buzz Eisenberg, 101.5 WHMP. When it's happening here in the Valley, we're talking about it. In East Hampton, what we're doing is we are migrating all of our public records requests to civilian function in the IT department as they have a thorough handle on our digital records, but also know where a lot of the hard copies are and can work with not only the police, but other department heads to get those requests filled. 1015, 1400, and 1240. The only live and local talk in the Valley and for the Valley. WHMP Northampton, WHMQ Greenfield, a Northampton radio group station. It's 5 o'clock.